This is the one. This is the one. <clears throat> Hi. I struggled with deciding how to open this podcast. And where I finally landed was I really want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking a chance on a brand new project that is neither on your most trusted podcast network, nor is it a celebrity hosted rewatch of a TV show that they were on once. And I understand it can be pretty jarring to put on a podcast and have it not open with either a pre-roll ad or like a really cool theme song, but we are not sponsored yet. And we do have a really cool theme song, but I, I have this idea. I'm going to put it in like near the end of the episode where it's going to be this really like emotional drop in and it's going to be really great, but I'm getting super far ahead of myself. My name is Kaylin Pigott and this is Let You Down. This is a podcast about, okay, like a little context first. Um, so like if this was a Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast, I would probably call this episode Session Zero, but it's not, so I won't. I'm <laughs> probably going to call it something like Beginning or Prologue or Episode One, Kalen. But to get you into that context, I first want to tell you a story, and I want to tell you a story about Josh. Um, Josh was my dog when I was two, three years old. Josh was this big, uh, beautiful golden retriever, and I loved him. I loved him a lot. Um, my mom still has at least one really adorable photo of me. A, a two-year-old, tiny, already a little sassy ginger, just like cuddling up with this like big, again, beautiful dog, Josh. But something happened when I was a kid where my parents, I, I was sick a lot. And my parents took me to like doctors and uh, had naturopaths. Um, we tried cutting out dairy and Found out I was allergic to peanuts, tried cutting out eggs, tried a lot of things. And eventually it turned out that I was allergic to dogs. I was allergic to Josh, which um, sucked. <laughs> it really sucked. So my parents ended up arranging to have Josh go live with their friends who at the time lived on this huge property just outside uh, Antigonish, Nova Scotia, which when I look back on it now that I'm almost 32, it, it made a lot of sense. It's kind of like the perfect situation. Like he had so much room to just run around and be a dog and explore and didn't have to worry about, you know, making his best bud cough and sneeze all the time. But that's not really a thing I was able to understand at three years old. Um, at three, I didn't realize that this was the best case scenario for Josh. The way that I interpreted it was, so the family friends had a son who is my age. And the only way that I could wrap my little three-year-old head around this was that this other boy was taking my dog that somehow he had done something 
to convince everyone that this is what should happen and that he was stealing my dog. And I was really angry. I was really angry for a while. But anger is not the emotion that I want to talk to you about. This is my first podcast, and I just find it very interesting to imagine that I am talking directly to you. You can't say anything to me. I'm sorry. I'm sure you have lots of really beautiful insight that you could be adding to this conversation, but that's just not how it works. Anyway, there was one day when I was probably three or four where me and I think a bunch of other kids were hanging out like on this property and I got to hang out with Josh like again for this like full day running around, jumping on rope swings, going to the beach, hanging out. It was great. And then I remember when it was time to leave, um, getting in the back seat of my family car. And then, um, Josh got in too. Um, and in that moment, my little three-year-old head was like, oh, like, this is him making a decision. Like this is Josh has decided to come back with us. I'm getting my dog back. And my parents got in the car and saw that he was there and were like, no, that's not what's happening. And kicked him out. And, uh, and we just drove away and we just drove away and had to leave him there. I don't think I ever saw him again after that. Um, and that was when, I think that was when it really set in for me. Um, and I wasn't angry anymore. I was just really, really disappointed. Um, I thought I was getting my dog back and it just wasn't going to happen. So that's the first time I was ever disappointed. It's the last time I saw my dog, and it was the first time I was disappointed. The first time that I ever disappointed someone else, I was five years old, and my best friend, uh, his name was Aaron. We we were like next door neighbors. We were in the same grade primary class. We hung out all the time. Like, you know, that kind of friendship, that friendship that is like, it's both natural, but it's also kind of just necessitated by proximity. Um, I am trying to make myself sound so smart for you guys. <laughs> um, we just like hung out all the time, watched Spider-Man, climbed trees, classic stuff. But I remember... I remember one day when we had made plans to go hang out at Torbay Beach. Shout out, Torbay, Guysboro County, Nova Scotia. And I was excited. And I can't remember exactly what set it off. If it was something Aaron said or something my mom said. But essentially, someone had implied to me, this five-year-old kid, that the waves at Torbay Beach were very big. And at five years old, <laughs> I immediately, 
immediately translated that to there are tidal waves at Torbay Beach. If I go there, I will be swept out into the ocean and I will die. And my, I remember telling mom that like, no, I can't go to the beach. I can't do it. I'm too scared. And she just couldn't talk me down from it. And to this day, I can't really remember why, but rather than just like calling my friend's family and just like lying, (laughs) which now I'm 30 and I'm like, it's so easy. Just say you're sick. Just like, oh, something came up. Uh, He's five. He actually has an appointment today. He's got a very important business meeting that he can't get out of. No, instead of calling or lying, we drove down to their house so I could tell him in person that I was not going to go to the beach with him. And whereas I was a five-year-old who completely did not understand the idea of waves are big, but not the tidal waves. Um, he was also a five-year-old kid who I don't think could completely understand the concept of my best friend is scared to go to the beach with me. He's only going to interpret that as, oh, my best friend doesn't want to hang out with me. What have I done? And I just have this very still vivid memory of him bursting into tears and me not being able to explain it and me just having to get back in my mom's car and drive away while my best friend was crying because of me. I tried, I, after I tried to explain, I think I drew a picture of like me at Torbay with tidal waves, just being like, look, see, this is what I thought was going to happen, but it didn't, you know, none of it made sense. We were five, but in the, in that moment, like I knew that my decision and my actions had really hurt and disappointed my best friend in the world. And so the reason I told you those two stories for context, and look, I promise, I swear to you that no other episode of this podcast will be (laughs) nearly as self-indulgent as this one has. But the first time that I was ever disappointed, I was three years old. And the first time I ever disappointed someone else, I was five years old. So those are feelings that I internalized very quickly at a very young age. And now I am a 31-year-old man, and it's what I expect. I enter situations, relationships, friendships, jobs. I, I approach creative outlets expecting to be disappointed or to disappoint someone else. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, because of this, it has led me to disappointing friends, partners, coworkers. Um, they, they would never admit it without me really, really pestering them about it, but I have definitely disappointed my parents several times. This all started as a commission for Mulgrave Road Theater, It was supposed to be a series of stories, and I couldn't handle it. So it became one monologue, (laughs) which was going to be the story of Josh and the story of Torbay. 
And then like I'm doing now the story of me becoming a 31 year old man who is paralyzed by this specter of disappointment. Specter of disappointment sounds a little too dramatic, but like I said, this was originally going to be a theater piece. So I'm okay with it. The last roadblock that I hit was I couldn't figure out what the ending should be. The only idea I had was a sort of abrupt non-ending, as if robbing the audience of any sort of emotional payoff or conclusion could itself be a final disappointment, but it felt way too, it felt like trying way too hard to be meta and clever for me. I started talking to some of my friends about it to try to get something figured out. And the realization that I came to is that disappointment, in addition to being a very unique feeling and emotion that everyone reacts to differently, everyone has these stories. Everyone has their own version of the dog that they gave away or the best friend that they made cry. And not to oversell it, but it's an integral part of the human condition that I just happen to be particularly interested and invested in talking about. I didn't need an ending. I had a beginning. So I kept talking about it. I talked about it with some of my closest friends. I talked about it with acquaintances who I wanted to know better. I talked about it with people who I really admire and look up to. And everyone had their own stories and their own unique perspectives on being disappointed. And that's what you're going to hear in the next six or seven weeks. Conversations with very real people talking about the things or experiences that maybe weren't what they expected them to be, as well as the times that they fell short for other people. And I'm not a complete masochist. So I also asked them about the things that they are excited about and the ways in which they've pushed through these bad times. It's a lot, but I'm really excited for you to come along with me and explore this very specific emotional corner of the world. And I will try not to let you down. <laughs> it's a little goofy. And here it is. This is it. This is the emotional drop-in of the theme music that I told you about. I talked about it at the start of the episode. It's happening now. Um, I'm listening to it right now while I'm recording this outro so I can have like sort of an idea of how cool it sounds. And I think it sounds really cool. Um, the music, our theme song that you are currently listening to, uh, was composed by Jay Stroutman. Um, our artwork is done by Isra Fitch. You can hire both of them. They're both fantastic. I'll be including links to that in the description of wherever you're finding this podcast. Um, Let You Down was made possible. Thank you to an initial investment slash commission from Mulgrave Road Theater. Um, and I just would like to say a very, very special thank you to Sarah Budgel um, for everything. 
Um, I thank you for listening to this whole thing. Um, I really appreciate it.